Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. <laughs> Alright, a classic one. Haven't super classic. Haven't one. had a good one in a hot minute. You know, I was uh I was sick for a little while there and then had the first week of moving into my new spot where we recorded pretty late. So at least in the first week, I didn't want my neighbors to hate me quite yet. So we're uh, day by day, right? Right, yeah. right. Well, I'm excited today because we do have our recurring guest and awesome, spectacular, super producer, uh, producer Sam on with us. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good, good. Producer Sam is back. For those of you that have been longtime listeners of the show, um, he was uh, very famously on our Super Nintendo episode, uh, which has be- gone down in infamy uh, since that was the episode <laughs> where legendary Matt, legendary episode where Matt um, went against all logic uh, and said that Super Nin- Super Metroid was a bad game. First uh, first time we got hate mail solely directed at me. Actually, only yeah. time we've gotten hate mail from what I can first tell. and only time and death yeah. threats. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> we forgot about the death threats from from Sam. Yeah, <laughs> from Sam himself. That's it was right. me, anonymous, yes. anonymously. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, uh, producer Sam has been on uh, since the very beginning. He's been a key member of the team, uh, and he was once uh, the biggest gamer I know. And uh, doesn't doesn't play so many video games these days, but definitely uh, played all the classics back in the day, including the one we're talking about this week uh so he specifically requested to jump on this eternal darkness episode here um he's been given his expert opinion on the game that he just replayed probably for the first time in 20 years Mm -hmm. yep is that right yeah i mean came out 2002 i was like 12 or 13 and it was the yeah it was the first time i played it since then awesome i love that so sam producer sam how you been since uh we last had you on been great uh you know just uh working you know obviously doing doing the film stuff doing the lo-fi stuff uh been staying busy and uh yeah you know just uh trying to hop on a game or or two here with you guys when i can but i've been i've been awesome man couldn't couldn't be better (laughs) you want to tell you want to tell the audience the the super awesome credit you got recently Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, recently I was an assistant editor on the Billie Eilish movie, uh, Happier Than Ever. So that now was available on Disney Plus. Uh, Disney Plus is available Plus. everywhere. Yeah. So that was very cool. It was a great experience. Uh, I actually got to take Lucas to the premiere out in, um, where was that? Uh, West LA? The Grove. I guess. Yeah, the West Grove? LA yeah. At, uh, at the top of the Grove parking lot. And uh, it was an amazing night honestly yeah. it was super super cool and i'm uh honored and blessed to have worked on that so uh you know uh we'll see what the next project is and hopefully it'll be something on disney plus or netflix again everyone right. at um <laughs> go on your twitter and at disney and netflix um to bring on <laughs> producer sam to all their projects and, and sam i'd love it if you could give yes. yourself a little a little self-love, a little self-plug for your lo-fi stuff while we're here. Uh, before we get okay. started, because um, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of uh, oh, thanks, Matt. the stuff. It's in my that. chill playlist. And <laughs> dope, dope. It's, it's good yeah. stuff. 
Yeah, as of recently, we reached uh, over a million streams. Um, a million. Oh, this guy does everything. And uh, that that was a a monument, a monumental moment. Uh, and uh, yeah, we put out a new song last week called "Arp Angel" on this label, Dust Collectors, and it seems to be growing and growing. And people do like the music. So um, you could find us at Vincent Moon Music on Instagram. Or just search Vincent Moon on Spotify, iTunes, and we should come up. It's like a guy with orange hair and a suit and uh, no eyes. I love that. One million. We'll definitely plug it. One million streams. Yeah, that's almost. We'll plug it in the Discord too. Almost for sure. As many listens as the podcast has. That's a really big accomplishment. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. Almost. Um, Almost. But as much as I love music and Vincent Moon. And Billy, actually, I don't love Billy Eilish. That was about to be a lie. And I'm a, I'm a Boy Scout. I don't lie. She was a companion piece. She was a companion piece, but for the wrong yeah. reasons, unfortunately. <laughs> um, do you oh, do you think she's do you think she's an attractive young lady? Um, bro, I don't even pay enough attention to process that. Um, <laughs> Billy Eilish is just just a human man, like the rest of us. She's she's Dang. talented. Yeah, she's talented. But um, you know what? I bet growing up, Billie Eilish played video games, and I'm willing to bet, <laughs> I'm willing to put money on her owning a GameCube and playing the number one third-person horror game that's not Resident Evil, Eternal Darkness, <laughs> Sanity Requiem. Flesh, bone, bound together with the oddest magical incantation. This wretched book is where it all began so long ago, before time, before humanity. I am Dr. Edward Roivas. I am a clinical psychologist. I am also dead. This is not my story. Nor even now, story before we really dive into this, I'd like to give one more self-plug. Um, everyone. Thanks for playing. We have a Gmail account. I don't know if you knew that. Thanks for playing pod. <laughs> gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know what's cracking. And if you like what we do, um, maybe, I don't know, leave a review on our Apple podcasts. Um, look us up. Thanks for playing. Come see what's cracking. Leave a follow. Subscribe. Uh, follow on Spotify. And um, come hang out. It's a good time. We got a Discord now. You can find the Discord in both our Twitter and our Instagrams. Uh, the link tree there is where you can find the link to get to the Discord. And both those handles for Instagram and Twitter are TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. And hey, maybe if you're feeling crazy, uh, leave a review, like I said, and tell us who between myself, Lucas, and Sam, who would die first in a horror movie? Still waiting good to get question. some responses Ooh, on that one. one. Um, and, you know, I think consensus so far, just between everyone I've talked to, is that it'd be me. That's fine. 100%. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I would, I would I agree. die with a smile on my face saying, guys, what's, <laughs> I'd be the guy that's like, like, come on, guys, it's summer break. Nothing's going to go wrong. <laughs> You're that guy. And then yeah, the guy who leaves to, to get something. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, guys, ne- next rack's on me. Let me go run to the convenience store real quick and proceeds to get murder and sacrifice to the ancients on my way over <laughs> that's right that's right uh so today now that we got all the plugging out of the way today we are talking about the 2002 horror game like matt said eternal darkness uh 9.6 from ign 9 out of 10 on Eurogamer, uh with a whopping 92 out of 100 on metacritic um Ooh. eternal darkness is the first published rated m game by nintendo 
Um, originally supposed to be developed for the Nintendo 64 um, by Silicon Knights, and then eventually, um, you know, the development cycle took long. Nintendo stopped asking for games to come out on the Nintendo 64 in as their new system, the Nintendo GameCube, was coming out very, very soon. Um, and Eternal Darkness, uh, released in 2002, has become somewhat of a cult classic. Um, the developer, Silicon Knights, is actually no longer in business. Uh, they went bankrupt due to some legal reasons that I will be dump- jumping into on this episode. And um, Silicon Knights has kind of gone down in infamy as, not infamy, I suppose, but just gone down in history as just a developer studio that really uh, went too early before its time just due to some really tough business decisions that had to get made. But luckily, they were able to create a few games that people really know. Uh, Two Human is probably the most mainstream or popular one. That was an Xbox 360 game from 2006, I believe, 2007. Um, But Eternal Darkness was their 2002 horror masterpiece, Magnum Opus, um, that I am so excited to jump into today. Um, Like I said, uh, Sam, you played it when you were really young. I played it when I was very young as well. This was probably Mm -hmm. my third playthrough ever, because I did play it once in high school, just as a trip down memory lane sort of thing. And playing through it now uh, for our first scary October game. Spooktober! Uh, it's a it's a spooky game. Ah. It's 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 certainly scary. Oh. It's got all the classic horror tropes. It's got zombies. It's got uh, ghouls and ghosts. It's got madness and sanity. Um, and I just want to jump into initial thoughts from producer Sam first. Well, real, real quick, Lucas, how about you give us just a quick breakdown of the game, a little synopsis? Oh, I synopsis, feel like a lot of people may forget. not be too familiar with what we're talking about here. True, true, true. I always forget about the synopsis part. All right. Synopsis. Um, So Eternal Darkness takes place in the year 2000, uh, and you play as a young woman, Alexandra Roivis. Alexandra Roivis gets an unexpected call that her grandfather has been brutally murdered inside their family mansion in Rhode Island. Quickly goes home and uh, sees a horrifically mutilated dead body (laughs) that the police ask her to identify. Um, and as the police are unable to solve the murder due to no clues, no breaking and entering, no signs of a struggle at this murder, Alex has to find the answers on her own. What she soon discovers is that her grandfather was a well-researched historian who looked back upon thousands of years of history on ancient magic and conspiracy. By reading through a book called The Tome of Eternal Darkness, Alex that Alex finds in her secret study of her grandfather's hidden in the mansion. She soon finds that mankind has been at war with an ancient god for over 2,000 years. It turns out, in ancient times, a Roman military commander named Pius Augustus found an ancient complex city in the desert, uh, or underneath the desert. Um, as As you play through each chapter, or as Alex reads through each chapter of history, you play as the character in that story. So you play as a number of different characters. Um, anyway, Pius goes through uh, and finds one, has, finds three ancient artifacts. The player chooses one of three artifacts, and it moderately affects gameplay or story, depending on which one you choose. Uh, Pius then becomes a puppet of the god associated with one of those artifacts. Um, And what follows is 2,000 years of history of 12 different characters struggling in various different times and places to fight off the ancient magic that ensues. Um, So what kind of happens in the gameplay loop is you find a chapter, play through a different character's storyline, and 
pretty much at the end of every chapter, that character for that storyline suffers an excruciating death. Um, either <laughs> just hor horrific death, really. Um, and Alex reads through each of these chapters to learn different secrets, which unlock different paths and things inside the mansion, um, where eventually Alex goes down into the ancient city underneath the mansion to fight off the god that is being summoned now um, 2,000 years after they initially came into being. So um, sort of ancient magic setting, uh, kind of cosmic horror, weird fiction, HP Lovecraftian setting going on, um, madness, history, magic, all that crazy stuff. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, Sorry, uh, it's, it's a hard story to kind of... There's a lot uh, going on. There's fit. literally 12 different like like stories to follow in a way, in a sense, with each unique yeah. character. So I, I didn't do the best job with the synopsis there, but you know, by and large... Kind of nailed it. Um, initial thoughts. Producer Sam, want to hear it. All right. So I'm going to come in real hot. And, uh, <laughs> Love it. I'm going to say this is one of the coolest, most underrated games of all time. Agree. Do you? What, what, I mean, it. it's just, we were kind of talking about it earlier, Lucas, where it's just, it's so like well composed and it's so solid and um you know i think overall it when i when i when i first played it when i was 12 or 13 there was a reason why i played it three times through because if you beat it three times uh you essentially master the game or whatever i can't do that anymore because i'm 32 but uh <laughs> It's there was something that attracted me to the game when I was young, and even till this day, I think it it just it holds up and it's just so interesting and the sound design is just amazing and the, the overall themes are interesting. Um, it's just a really really cool game that not many people really know or talk about. I would I would say. Hard agree there. Yeah. Uh, I'll do mine, initial thoughts, and then Matt, you can do yours. I'll come in hot too. Guys, mankind is at the mercy of ancient gods, and there's nothing we can do about it. That's how I feel after playing this game. <laughs> there is nothing to human existence or sentience or life whatsoever because uh, we're not ruled. We don't rule ourselves. We are ruled over by magic and ancients. Um, Very true. That is but, but sort of but the Alex theme. Alex handled it. Alex. Uh, not, well, no, for now. For now, she did. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is sort of the thesis statement of the story here. Um, and it's present. I know we talked about it in our horror games episode recently. But um, this is sort of a, a scary horror idea that really originates from a lot of H.P. Lovecraft's work in the early 20th century. And, you know, it's the it's the horror idea or it's it's the sort of it's the story idea that humankind is not really as important as we think we are and you know there are there are in fact kind of rumbling ancient beings that may live on this planet or off this planet that you know are think nothing of us and we're insignificant and we can be squashed like bugs and it the the thing that makes that kind of story unsettling is that it's it's true right like humans are actually helpless at the like hands of nature and like ancients and all that kind of stuff. And I think this game just nails that theme so well. 
it's i mean you play as 12 different characters and pretty much all of them die horrific deaths and some of them are very violent very brutal very sudden and i mean i can't think of a game where you die so many times and that's just the way the game is supposed to play out every game whether it's a horror game or an adventure game you're always made to be the hero but in, in eternal darkness you are just not quite frankly the person you're playing as is not the hero they are meant to die and that is unsettling that is horror to me mm -hmm. um I want to touch on, you know, the details of like gameplay and sound design and story and all that stuff a little later, but initial thoughts, that's where I'm at. Great. Matt, what do you think? Well, <laughs> I'd like to start with just asking everyone to be civil during this podcast. Okay. <laughs> we'll try. Um, and just, we'll try. We're all friends here, you know, everyone just remember that. And um, no, I, so I, I was going to save this summary for the end of the podcast actually how i feel about the game but i think it's better just coming now i think this game is really cool and really interesting but i don't think it's a very fun game and i don't think that's a bad thing mm. i still enjoyed going through the game i think the ideas in it are super interesting and unique and for what it's trying to do i think it does very well but again for me and i don't have the benefit of the nostalgia factor of having played this game when I was younger, probably being able to view it in a better light, um, like you all do right now. But for me, it's like it's like not not to not to get anyone fired up, but it's like um, the same thing for me I'm with Metroid. I, I know, bro. I know. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset. I am um, upset. upset. <laughs> it's like it's like the same thing for me as with Metroid is. I'm playing this game today knowing that there's like other things out there and having a different standard for games and like uh, gameplay loops and things like that. But I, I really do think it is a super cool game. I think the sanity in it is really interesting. Um, and also, I think the game just opens hell of fun. We haven't, you guys kept your first impressions very broad, but I want to get in the nitty gritty. I fucking love right. the opening of the game, honestly, because okay, for one, yeah. The way they present things and the way, um, like the voiceover from Alex's grandpa, his name was Edward, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Edward, Edward, Edward Roybus, yeah. Um, I don't know if y'all have ever do, done escape rooms, but like it really reminded me of an escape room, like the narration over where it's just like all of a sudden forcing like, this very crazy situation on you that almost feels contrived. Um, obviously it is contrived because it's a video game, but like it's just like you're thrown into this very like crazy world all of a sudden. That's like the same thing when you do an escape room where it's like, Oh, you're entering this haunted house where, by the way, 30 people have died. And it's, for some reason, you didn't know that before entering the house. And just little things like that. Yeah, I, yeah I mean. Um, and I just love when you when you go to the to see your your grandpa's dead body because you have to identify them. And Alex is just like, what, what the fuck? Why, why are you yeah. showing me oh, this? That scene is so funny. <laughs> that scene's hilarious. My, my like, first thought was, why like yeah like same thing as her like she's saying exactly what we're thinking like why the fuck are you showing me this and then the cops just like ah ma'am I, I don't know what's going on i'm just he's like it's my job lady <laughs> i'm sorry yeah he's like there's no head he's like, couldn't, there's no dental he's like couldn't record. you just yeah. yeah dental records he's like no we couldn't yeah there's so no head see if you recognize his legs or something yeah, yeah that, that was so like, ridiculous is that, is that his hand like I don't like the kind of fingerprint, but I just, I really, there are a few of those cutscenes. Yeah. I really, kind of I like really that. enjoyed that. Um, they talk about darkness in the game, in this game, almost as much as they talk about darkness in kingdom hearts, hearts, which is a crazy feat. 
No, no, they don't. No, they don't. Hey, man. And they, they talk about darkness in a way more poetic way in Eternal Darkness. I'm talking about Hearts. verbal mentions, man. I'm getting down yeah, to the nitty gritty here. No fuck context. <laughs> okay, but but in Eternal Darkness, just to be fair, just to play fair, darkness in this game represents like the end of humanity, whereas like darkness in Kingdom Hearts is like something else. Bro, the it's like darkness literally in just Kingdom like a, Hearts is literally eating. It's worlds. just fog. It's just fog. It's not fog, bro. Destiny Islands was gone. But we're not talking about Kingdom Hearts. We're not talking about Kingdom Hearts. We're talking about Eternal Darkness. Um, but and one thing I actually, um, something I just thought of actually a few minutes ago when Sam was talking about how well it holds up. Um, something that I think is really cool, and this is I think more of just a testament to older games as kind of in general. I didn't. Barring some like visual bugs, which are is passable to me when it's just like oh certain um, assets overlapping, which isn't a big deal. I didn't really notice any glitches in this game, which yeah, it's pretty solid. I, it's, it's very like I really appreciate actually looking back on that because especially with older games, I mean, it's way different than today, where with an older game you only had one chance to get it right. Really, like with a game, yeah, you're not releasing a patch for Eternal Darkness unless you're literally sending everyone that bought the game a brand new copy yeah. of the patched version of the game. So I, I really do appreciate and respect the work that went into these older games versus say something like cyberpunk, the most poignant uh, recent case. It's just history, broken game. Yeah. Completely broken game, unplayable for many, not unplayable from a gameplay aspect, but literally just unplayable on the console it was intended <laughs> for. So I really, yeah. I really respect the game for that. But yeah, that's, that's where my initial thoughts are overall. Super cool, super interesting game. Not the most fun game, but super interesting and unique. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, one one I, thing is, oh, sorry, Sam, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would, I would kind of agree with your point too. It's not necessarily like, I mean, I enjoyed playing it, but it wasn't like, I was like, oh, this is fun. Like this is this is great. Like it's it's very unsettling. It's like an experience you know? game, right? It's it's almost yeah. like playing through. It's almost like the an, an original like uh, something akin to like Indigo Prophecy or Heavy Rain, where it's almost meant to be more like you're experiencing a movie because even yes even the yeah. combat system right like it's very cinematic obviously it's an older game but i mean they definitely could have done more to make the combat system more intricate and this is like in a very this is a stretch example i know but like to give an idea of combat systems that could have existed back then right like think of something like um, Smash Brothers, which literally came out, I think, the same year on the GameCube, right? Like, just again, well, that's a fighting game, a different genre. I get that, but like, that's like it was possible to push the boundaries on certain things. Obviously, they're held back just by like the technology of the time. But um, yeah, well, like so if she could I, wave but, dash. Then you, yeah, if she could wave dash, it would have been a different game, bro. That would have been sick, <laughs> Man, dude. Just L canceling on L-can- on ancients. <laughs> well, you know, the, I mean, I I see your point too on that because like there was like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask had come out at that point, yeah. and those were third person, you know, dungeon crawly games. You know, the interesting thing about Eternal Darkness is it's kind of the equivalent of a dungeon crawler game because you're just kind of playing through chapters, and each one's like sort of a dungeon. Um, it's, it exists in its own little world. It's got puzzles. It's got like very rudimentary things. Nothing's very challenging in Eternal Darkness. I think it all just takes a little bit of extra thought. Like, oh, I'm going to cast this spell. It's going to make things... A l- I'm going to cast the shield spell right now. It's going to make this room a little bit easier to fight these guys. I didn't ever find myself really being like extremely challenged with the combat. It was more just like, let's just get through the pa- the nice pacing of this story. I did play this game in a little bit of a different fashion than, than you two did. I played this game 
um, like a month ago. Like I played this game like very slowly over like a couple weeks just because I had a lot of time on my hands and I'd gotten ahead of our game schedule. So I played like one chapter of Eternal Darkness a night and just kind of like zoned in, played a chapter, kick back, like put on my headphones, played the game. And it, each chapter is like, you know, a good chunk, like 45 minutes to an hour. So yeah. it, it was almost like watching an episode of a TV show for me every chapter. Yeah. And, and when you're when you're like kind of div- when you're absorbing the plot in small increments like that, I think it's a really, really well paced game. It's really interesting because you kind of it's like scary enough. It's like you get a little spook, yellow scared. The plot progresses a little bit. Okay, cool. Let's check back tomorrow. And I think that, like, I mean, you can play games at whatever pace that you want to play them at, but, you know, sometimes there are games that are kind of serve a really great purpose. Like, this is divided up into 12 different chapters. 12-hour game, roughly spend an hour on each chapter, and I think that it it, it serves itself really well when it's played a little bit slower. Um, I think so. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that makes sense. That sounds like a healthy way to go about yeah. it because, yeah. like, I mean, I was doing a marathon and going through three. And Same, I was just yeah, like, three or two. And, and you get burnt oh, out. Yeah. You get yeah, burnt out. It's because yeah. it's a lot. The The experience is a lot, kind of like what Matt's saying. It's like you get, you can get overwhelmed if you're trying to speed run the game for sure. 100%. And to go <laughs> off of that too, I mean, I, I, I agree with Lucas. I definitely think I would have enjoyed the game more if I hadn't had to just, again, that's kind of just a part of the, that's like every game you play, though, Matt, yeah. for TFP. Again, well, I mean, honestly, I gotta though, beat that, this. Just I gotta the, beat this right now. Yeah, that, that's just like a part of being on a podcast for video games, right? You have you got fucking deadlines. They've got we got shareholders. We got to make happen. I'm just kidding. Um, and I mean, yeah, that's just a part of playing these games. Sometimes that we do have to go through it faster. Because what I did like too about it was that I felt that with the way the spells are, for example, like things like reveal invisible or dispel magic it really encouraged kind of trying, like maybe you're in a room and maybe you're a little stuck at one point, right? It kind of would encourage say something like, oh, maybe I'll try to reveal invisible in this room. Maybe that'll lead me to my next clue with exactly where I need to go or what I need to be doing. Versus like, and I, I, I can totally see myself if I was playing this game when it came out or when I was younger, that's totally how I would have played this game. I would have spent like hours just on one level, like serving a certain room and make sure I got every nook and cranny, which I think is kind of the way the game wants you to play. It wants you to get really invested and really experiment with what tools it gives you versus yeah. today I have to play the game kind of just be lining through it. Like if I, if I get a little stuck on one part, I just like look it up real quick on a guide like, okay, that's what I need to go do. Yeah. Um, yeah. This game comes from an era where like, you know, guides and information on games was not just literally in the palm of your hand. Unless you went and to GameStop like, and bought you, the guide, right? Yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to go buy the guide or you'd have to go to a guide online, but you, you had to actually get up and go to your computer Yes. and like computers were slow and internet sucked and you like, it just took a while to find help as opposed to now it's like so simple to go like, Oh fuck! I'm stuck. Let me just Google it real quick, and you just pull it up on your phone and figure it out. Yeah, this game, I think, it's it's sort of like a meta analysis of like how the game has like has become outdated. It's it's not the conventions or the like gameplay or the mechanics or the graphics necessarily that have become outdated. It's the pacing that becomes a little bit dated because. It's like we're not in the type of mindset where we want to just like spend two hours on this level exploring every nook and cranny. We like kind of want to get through it now. That's not even just like us as podcasters. I think that's just how games kind of are. Like if the game doesn't just keep moving and moving and moving, I think gamers like lose a little bit of attention span. Yeah, you know, but today's students for sure. So moving on to game design. Uh, Matt, I'll let you go first here. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think I think the, the I don't know. I, I, I hate to be like the one to start this because I feel like I'm probably the biggest downer for this game or will be the biggest downer relative to you two. It's true. But uh, whatever, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the best way to describe... So first, like looking at it from a combat standpoint, it's simple and I think it was probably like more effective during its time, but like not that great today. Um, for example, I mean, the boss fights are just incredibly bad i don't know how else to explain it there's one in particular it's one in, in one of the later chapters um i believe it's when you're in the church playing the you're fighting against like, the journalist, guardian yeah fighting against one of the guardians like during the world war one era and i don't know it was just like the worst boss fight i've played in gaming in so long like it wasn't even about learning patterns in that point it was just learning like casting your spell in like just the right spot but it wasn't even like a challenging thing. It got to the point where it was just annoying because it was actually a relatively easy boss fight. It was just so nuanced with like where you had to stand to like make certain things effective that I felt that it was just kind of like egregious for no reason and just unnecessarily difficult. Um, which, which uh, color did you pick? What was the color of the monster you fought? I was going against green. So I was red dominant. Okay. You're going yeah. against green. What was like your, I wonder if all of them are the same because I, I think the boss fight's generally the same because I looked up a guy because I couldn't figure out even just how to freaking hit them. Like, yeah, um, it is really because I was casting like the magic spell like next to them, and then it wasn't doing anything. And I like like looked at a guide, and it's like you had to be like at a very specific distance, which I can appreciate in a boss battle if you have to like fight a certain way. But there was no reason that like my spell shouldn't hit when I'm even closer and I had to move like a step back and a certain, like it, it just, well, there was no reason for some of my attacks. I felt to not work given the context of it, what was going on. It's actually, uh, cause I had the same issue and it's, you have to use the right color, I guess in that case. Well, I was, yeah, you could be really uh, far away. I was using like red dominant yeah. against my greens. I figured yeah. out that much at that point. And like, I don't know, it was just, I'm, it just, it just, uh, yeah, I just didn't enjoy it. I'll be honest. <laughs> I just yeah, thought it was, yeah, yeah. The, com the combat yeah, isn't needlessly hard. Great. Um, and just not very exciting. The final boss fight with even pious honestly was kind of boring in my opinion. It was kind of cool that all the like ghosts what about came the back scenes, bro. The cutscenes were cool, but I mean like <laughs> <Yeah>. kind of <laughs> no, grainy and I mean, it was say, 2002. <laughs> I would say, I would say the combat is, and this is, this is going to sound weird. I think to people that haven't played the game, but the combat I think is the weakest part of the game and everything yeah. else is really yeah. sick. Yeah. But um, I don't even even before like I don't think the combat is what would have made the game like great in 2002, right? I think no, some of the yeah. more fun stuff is say for example the magic system, which I did enjoy the magic system quite a bit actually. I thought it was fun to kind of figure out oh here's what's most effective in the moment, um, figuring out what is dominant for you as far as what color to use against the uh, ancient you're fighting. In my case, I think the green one was called Zelo Zero Zero Gath or something like that. Zelioth. Uh, Zelioth, excuse me. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned earlier already, I really enjoyed the magic system and how I encouraged you to kind of play around with the spell. It was sandboxy. It, sandboxy it, like you yeah. actually could create in this game, you could actually create your own magic spells or discover new magic spells right? because you're yeah. you're just given like a, a, a selection of runes, uh, and then you don't even necessarily know what the runes do sometimes, and you just put them into a circle and then figure out if they create a spell. Yeah, and you can kind of. I mean, you do get 
scrolls that explain you how to use certain spells. And at one point or another, you do get a scroll for each spell in the game. But let's just pretend you're in a miss one. It's totally feasible that you could explore it on your own. Because, if, for example, two runes are called, uh, one's called self, and then one's called protect. And those are what you use to make up shield. It's like, of course, that's what makes shield protect self, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it's good in that, and that this what well, the runes that are, make the spells are intuitive. I will say though, once I figured out like how good the recovery was um, with magic, I felt like it made the game a little too easy in the sense that was, of just not. That was going to be one of my nitpicks, actually. Because I mean. You could just wait in a room once you cleared it out, run around in a circle to restore your magic meter before you moved on, and then move on to the next room, no problem, right? Or just even, for example, run through the room invisible and not deal with anything at all because the magic was just that strong. Um, so the ma magic was both a positive and a negative, I think. One thing I really loved about the game that I was actually surprised that they included was the fact that you can't swing weapons in large spaces. I feel like that's such a simple oh, thing. I hated that. <laughs> it was annoying as hell, but it was good because it was realistic, right? Um, I mean, I feel like that even in modern games, it's probably overlooked where like if you're in a tight corridor and you try and swing a giant two-handed sword, it'll just clip through, through the, the wall, wall a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And then you'll be able to just go about your business and uh, fight whatever you're fighting. But there's the first time, I think it was actually in the church where I was playing as Anthony and I had the two-handed sword or whatever that he has, and I was in a tight little corridor, and I was trying to get through, and it was just a simple uh, zombie I was fighting that's like one of the easiest things to fight in the game, actually, where you just really hack their head off once, and then you just finish them. But I was just trying to swing my sword. I was like, come on, yeah. come on. Swing, yeah, it actually swing. makes you have to think about the space that you're in. It makes you feel a little yeah. claustrophobic. And it's then pretty cool. By the time I was like able to get the right angle, I was already hella down on health, and I actually that was one of the few points in the game where I, I just died because I couldn't... I can adapt quick enough to it, right? So I thought that was a super cool addition. I feel like you don't see that a lot in games, even by today's standards. I feel like they just kind of are a little too um, forgive it or not forgiving, but a little too kind to the player in that sense. But I really enjoyed the fact that, I mean, yeah, of course you can't swing a giant sword in this little tiny corridor, right? Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed that. But overall, game design... You can tell it's made in 2002. <laughs> yeah. What do you <laughs> think, Sam? That's the way to put it. Um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously the the battle system is is kind of lacking. Um, but, you know, you got to think about it like uh, like when we think about ourselves as guys, right? It's like we can't have it all. Right. right? It's like I got, I, got, I got the brains, but I don't have the muscle. You right. Know? And uh, I don't have the stamina either. But it's okay. <laughs> you You... You proceed and you survive, um, but yeah, no, I I I do agree that Guardian uh, Battle is pretty tough, and it's like I I can't even really remember when I was playing it back in the day, like what I thought about it. You know, it's kind of like when I was younger, I just like played through it three times somehow, but I I can't I couldn't even really remember that boss battle. But this time around, I was like, fuck, like what do I do? Yeah. I felt and, the same way. Um, but I will say I like that song, though. That song, no, the was, song was sick. The yeah. song was cool. <laughs> yeah. And again, to the be two fair, like, it's not the battle probably, even when they were making the battle systems, probably not the draw of the game we're supposed to be, right? It's the the story and the themes and the san like the sanity is such a big, like fun little thing yeah. in the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I really like just like, but I mean, obviously the, the battle, we're talking about the battle system, but like, 
just kind of the way the levels look and like a lot of the cool artwork on the wall kind of a lot of the stuff that I read a, I read a lot of like yeah. extra stuff in the levels it was really yeah. sick yeah it's like you know it's like it's obviously inspired by like all that for folklore stuff you know it, it has that Edgar Allan Poe quote in the beginning like it's just it's such a stylized game I think and even though the graphics aren't great like it kind of looks like any other GameCube game that was out in 2002 uh, but I think what they did uh with what they had and just kind of creating the the whole vibe of the game was uh it was interesting and I I think that's why uh you know people still really appreciate this game and why obviously we went back to play it 20 years yeah, later I, you know? I think if this if this game was created in a, in a modern way today and had the same story went for the same vibe um same general like beats and pacing and stuff like that this would be like a 10 out of 10 game um like easily 100%. to most audiences like i think that the things that make this game a little tougher now are like just old game design like methods mm. and like old old things you know like the graphics you know and it's maybe a little less scary because uh, the graphics these days, it kind of just looks boxy and just like not super scary. But back then that was mm -hmm. like the best we had. So it was like cutting 100%. edge, cutting edge, scary. Blood I mean, I'd go as far as to say, I mean, honestly, of all the older games we've played on the podcast so far, this is the one that so far I'd love to see most just a, like a remake of, right? Yeah. Like a modern day remake, like how, we how, how it would fantasy. look. Yeah. Imagine like some of those rooms are scary. Like there's like a room in the uh, Peter chapter when you're in a church in France during World War One, and there's just a room full of dead bodies. Right. And like that's kind of where a certain trigger happens in that chapter where like all the lights go out. If you guys yeah, remember that. Yeah. And that room I remember it explicitly. I remember specifically how scary that room was when I was a kid, and like how it looks so like, oh my god, there's blood everywhere and blah blah blah. Now I look at the room now, and yeah, I'm a little older, so it doesn't scare me just generally as much. But the it it looks faker. Like it looks like oh, it's just kind of boxy looking blood. You know, it doesn't really look as as realistic as I thought it would. It's it's just weird how graphics really have that effect over time, where like. It's just less effective, you know? Like, yeah. we remember them to look so much better than they really did. And when you look at them, you're like, eh. Yeah. yeah. Back then, it was like, I mean, even just kind of, it, it's, it's so, gru it's like, back then, it was so gruesome, right? It was like, oh, man, like, you're chopping off heads and there's blood flying everywhere. It was like, dang, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, but obviously now, it's, it was so long ago. And I, I kind of still see it in that light, just because, you know, we played it really young, but... Yeah, obviously it's like, I mean, it looks better than like Final Fantasy VII or something. But yeah, you know, like it's uh, it's it's an old game. Yeah, I mean, it's twenty. You years can't old. fault it for that. That's the thing is like yeah. I'm not taking that into account when rating the game. I just I just think it's worth talking about a little bit because um, specifically with horror sure. games, the the further you go down, the less scary the game gets a lot of the time because gra graphics are constantly aging the game. Right. Yeah. So like mm -hmm. the story of Eternal Darkness will forever be sick and good because it's a story. It's not subject to like to, to getting aged or anything like that, um, like graphics do. So just kind of an interesting point of conversation. I think that covers art style a little bit. I know we kind of just started talking about that. Is there anything else yeah. you guys want to talk about in terms of uh, art style? I, I don't know why. And I know it was made in 2002, <laughs> but I expected it to just look a little better. I don't know why. Oh, wow. Um, That's like Lucas's take on The Shining. He's like, you know what? I expected a lot more out of that. That's right. 
Stand, stand by that take. You know, could have been better. Sick. Could have been. Um, was expecting. Could have been better. Was expecting a lot more. Well, it Come can on, always Cooper. be better. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think just some of the sanity effects fell a little flat. Like, I think even with the well, some just don't work. Some just don't work. Well, I mean, I'm not even talking about, for example, like the one being where, well, like one of the sanity effects is, oh, your TV turns off. But I mean, I'm playing this on an emulator on my computer. So, of course, that's not going to really work for me. Yeah, but that's yeah. Like one in particular that I was just excited to see how they made it look was the walls bleeding, which, again, I, I know it's made in 2002, but I just expected it to look more than just like little droplets coming out of the wall. I don't again, to be fair, I don't know what they could have been done better. So it's not even that much of a critique, but I just expected more of it. I th- honestly, and again, I hate to reference it again. And to be fair, maybe the PlayStation Two was—I'm not familiar with the you know GPU or processing. Power it would have—it would have looked versus. better on the PS2 if it was developed for PS2. Okay, for sure. Yeah, because yeah, like I, I keep in my mind comparing it to Kingdom Hearts, the original one, which came out right around the same time actually in 2002, and Kingdom Hearts, which looks just, better again. Yeah, it just looks better. Yeah, um, and again, obviously, like very really. different styles of games, but. Game Arts 2 just looks better and is a smoother... Different, har- different hardware limitations on both. Yeah, 100%, so. and that's an important thing to consider as well. Um, and also the important, I mean, just anecdote for me, like my first console that I had was the PS2. So in my mind, that's kind of like... The my, minimum. The minimum for console games that I play, to be honest. So Right. What was your guys' favorite sanity effect that you hit? And just I, in case we haven't talked, I don't think we've talked about it, um, just the way the sanity meter works in the games. So I'll just touch on that for the audience real quick is... Um, in the game, every time you see a monster, your sanity meter, which serves as sort of a, a health meter, goes down a little bit. And then when you execute a monster, your sanity meter goes back up a little bit. But you're always net losing a, a little bit of sanity every single time. Um, and as your sanity hits a, a certain level, when it gets too low, your character starts going crazy, hallucinating, and the game starts breaking the fourth wall to start mess with you, the player. So what that turns into is the game kind of doing these different things that trick you um some of the effects are like you know the sound cutting off looking like the tv got accidentally muted um looking like changing the channel um there's a sanity effect where the game acts like the whole game ends and says like to be continued in the next game that was a really interesting one i don't know if you guys saw that one um Mm -hmm. uh, there's a notorious one where it it, the game acts like it's deleting your save file um that was a that's a very very famous one that one's Uh, very scary yeah extremely scary so uh yeah the the game kind of starts messing with you and making you feel like you're going a little bit crazy guys what was your favorites uh sam you can go first um i think some of my favorites were the one where you kind of like your head falls off and you like pick it up and it's like it starts spinning in front of the screen and it's like not even that it's like super scary it's just really weird I think some of the my my the ones I liked more were just ones that were just like it like you knew that it was like a sanity meter thing but you're just like this is still kind of weird and like kind of freaking me out in a weird way even though I'm also self-aware of it. Yeah. Um so like that one was weird. Um obviously like yeah there was it wasn't there one like where it's like you like the it's like you beat the game or something or you were just talking about it yeah you get after like the third or fourth (laughs) chapter the game will like act like a credit scene sort of happens like a a thing will flash on the screen it'll be like thanks for playing eternal darkness sanity's requiem 
to yeah. soon like hopefully we win that's the battle against the darkness in the next game eternal darkness yeah. and then there's like a fake title for another fake game in the eternal darkness yeah. series yeah it's pretty wild i'm I mean, when that was happening, you know, when we were young, like no game had ever done that before, you know, it was so, it was so like, oh, like, it, like, cause we, even with the volume, like where your volume turns down, it's like, that's how your volume on your TV looked back then, Yeah, yeah. you know? So it was just like, oh shit. Like it, it was, I, I just remember playing it with our older brother, Shay, and like, we would just like trip out on it. Like, this is so weird and cool. Yeah, it was definitely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was something new. De- exactly, it was, it was not Zelda. I'll say that. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, to, I mean, you're totally right. Some of them just don't work. Where, like, I mean, I, I was playing on my, um, like I mentioned already, an emulator. So, like, if the, if, like one of the ones I got was yeah, like the TV turning off effect. And I'm just kind of like, all right, like, yeah. Doesn't um, really work. There's no trick in there. Like, <laughs> nothing, get, no. nothing gets past nothing you, gets baby. Past me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Eagle Scout, baby. <laughs> um, I didn't get the one that was like uh, like deleting your save file because um, if I did that, would it terrify? I probably would have fallen for it, honestly, too, because I'm the kind of person that would totally just like be clicking through and not realize I started like the wrong sequence and just be like, yes, 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 I'm sure, yeah. right? Um, I actually had to save through my emulator directly as like save states because for some reason I couldn't save normally. But anyways, yeah, my favorites I think were there was one where I would walk or where I, I just tried to heal and then like I would cast the recovery spell and then my body just started exploding and I could still walk around. <laughs> and I'm like, did I did I mess up the words? Like, <laughs> that one was like, cool. What's, like what's going on here? And then there's another one where you just walk into a room and like it, I don't even know what it, how to explain what it is, but you walk into a room, except you're not actually in that room. It's like a facade of the room or like a fake version of the room where there's like extra monsters or something. Yeah. And then you get in and you're like immediately overwhelmed and then you walk back out and then it's like, Oh, you're walking back in, walking back yeah. into the room, but you're like in actually entrance. into yeah. the room this time. Um, and that was one that always fucked with me, but I'll be honest, even I, I kind of shit on like, for example, like the blood earlier, like the blood on the walls and stuff like that. But the sanity effects were enough to make me want to actively personally, cause I, I just scare easy and that's just who I am. <laughs> it was enough to make me actively want to make sure I was maintaining my recovery meter uh, or maintaining my sanity meter at a decent level, at least not letting it drop too low. Just because I'm the kind of person where like when something weird happens, even if I'm playing a video game, like, uh, for example, I remember when my body exploded, I just kind of like looked around my room like, uh-huh, like, and, and, and did someone do that? Like, um, it's enough to just make me a little uncomfortable um, and just kind of make yeah. me second guess like what's going on in my surroundings and things like that. So props to it on that, honestly. It, it, I think its whole goal is just to make you a little uncomfortable and a little unsure of what's exactly going on or like what you can even trust in your own in your own reality, right? So yeah. I got it. I got a fun fact. That's what I was, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I got a fun fact about the uh, save state or the, the deleting your saves one. So since this game was published by Nintendo, developed by Silicon Knights, Nintendo genuinely had concerns over that particular sanity meter, uh, like that, that gag. Um, so Dennis Dyack, the creative director of the game, actually had to sit down with Nintendo and talk about that particular sanity meter effect where like their save file was getting deleted. And 
Nintendo, like they were, their concern was how many calls is our customer service line going to get from this? <laughs> that was literally what they thought. And he was, Whoa. and he was like, they might get some, you know? And Nintendo said, why do you believe we should do this? And he said, cause it's never been done before. And they said, okay. Uh, and they let it, they let it, they approved it. They let it do it. It actually had to get full approval from ass. Nintendo itself. Yeah. Pretty, That's kind of crazy. crazy to think about. Cause like yeah. Nintendo Japan, I mean, obviously it's a Japanese company. Like I feel like anything that breaks the norm because obviously, like, I think Japanese companies follow like a very traditional thing, typically, like a very yeah. traditional workplace style. Anything that breaks the norm is super hard to get approved. I think so. That made it through. That, the fact that that made it through is just a testament to how confident they were in the game, right? And yeah. How mm-hmm. how uh, how much faith they had in what the developers were doing. Yeah, I I wanted to talk about the sanity meter a little bit more too, because like what you were saying, Matt, where it was like you were actively trying to keep it up. Um, I In the beginning, when I first started playing it this time around, I was like, hey, man, balls to the wall, <laughs> sanity meter low all the time. And, and uh, you know, you start, you hear those screams and, like, the baby crying and stuff. It stresses and, me uh, out. And, like, hearing the thumps, I, I'm like, is that my door? Is someone coming? Yeah. yeah. No, and I was, uh, like, it was cool at first. And then after I got through, like, the fifth or sixth chapter, I was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. It was like literally driving me insane. Yeah. I was just like, this is not cool. I got to keep this up. Cause I mean, even right now, just talking cool. about him, kind of, kind of anxious. It's creepy. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. you know, I, my six, I, my, my favorites were definitely the save file one. Um, and I, you know, to be honest, I, I really wish that the sanity meter was lower. Like you were, maybe more incentivized or maybe it was harder to keep it up. Cause genuinely both your health and your sanity were very easy to keep up. You just had to kind of, some characters had low sanity. though. Some did, but for yeah. the most part, if you wanted to keep your sanity up, you can kind of just sit in one room and heal up forever. Exactly. If you yeah. wanted to, um, which is, which is fine. It makes the game easier, right? It just, it makes it longer. Like if you had extremely low health and extremely low sanity, you could probably sit in a safe room, heal up, and then go back and like theoretically just keep doing that over and over again and and like never die. Um, and so sanity like was really easy to keep up at the end of the day. So like there were some monsters that specifically went after your sanity, which I thought was really cool. Like their way of attacking you was to lower your sanity. But again, you could always just heal it up very quickly. So I almost wish that there was like hard stops or certain abilities or certain attacks that could hit you that force your sanity to stay low and kind of force you to play through a lot of those like gags. Um, that would have been really cool. I wish there was more sp- character specific ones. I wish there was ones that had to do more with like the insanity of that particular chapter. Um, like there was, I think there might've been one or two where it was clearly specific to a character, like where your head blows off and then your character starts your character's head starts reading Hamlet. That was really interesting. I think only two characters actually had that, um, and so their voice actor had to record ha- recite- reciting Hamlet for that sanity to work. Right. <laughs> so sick. I think that's really interesting, right? And I think they could have probably done a few more where like maybe this character records like a different Shakespearean line or like a different like uh-huh. poetry thing or something and relevant to like the time place that it's taking in. Ex- exactly. I think yeah. that would have been like a little cooler because sometimes they do feel a little cookie cutter like that, that volume one or that, that um, deleting save file that could have happened anywhere in the game. And it, it just, it wasn't specific to that time and place. I think they just could have done a little bit more with that one. So I, I'm actually surprised on how many they had. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Like, who knows how many they actually did? Because it seems like 
It seems like more than we think there are. I think there's maybe you know? three dozen. Like there's like 36 or something like that. I, I yeah. want to say. Which there, is a lot. Yeah, there is a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. well, some are like more powerful than others, right? Like yeah. the TV getting muted one is like, you know, that's just like a weird one. And that could be you thinking, oh shit, did I sit on my remote on accident? Right? Yeah, like, that's what that's what it was yeah. meant to make you think. There's one where flies yeah. just jump on your screen. That one's not that crazy. Um, but yeah, then there's ones that genuinely interfere with your gameplay and your experience. Those are those are what's scary. So, all right, we got to move on uh, to sound design. Uh, Producer Sam, I'll let you hit sound design first because I know you want you got a lot to say about this one. Yeah, I mean sound design, um, goaded. I think the sound design is impeccable. I think it's really, really good. And uh, it's kind of crazy because I was just playing it on an emulator as well. And, uh, you know, my 2020 MacBook Pro. Hell yeah. And, hell yeah. Uh, Not it, sponsored uh, by Apple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no free ads. Uh, and it was, uh, it sounded like so good. Like, and, and, you know, I think that was like, I think they definitely had spent more time on like an aspect, that aspect than probably the battle system. And yeah. uh, it, it shows, it's just very like, I don't know if it's like, you know, 5.0, if it's like actual surround, like if you could put a surround setup, but if you could do that and just like play that on a big screen, like, cause that's kind of like what I was doing. I, I would turn my lights both red and in my room and just like, be in complete darkness besides the red and just kind of like let the sound overwhelm me. But I think that, I think you might have been able to actually listen to it in surround, which, uh, it sounds amazing. Super effective. It sounds, it sounds incredible. Mm -hmm. And even, even by today's standards, like I don't, you know, not many games sound this good even today. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I really enjoyed the sound design. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I think um, whoever just designed the the soundscape that plays when you lose your sanity all the way, it's like a crying baby pounding on a wall a and stuff. It's really good. That and was one of the main reasons I wanted to keep my sanity meter up. It wasn't even <laughs> so much the effects that would happen. It was just the sound that was like so unsettling to me. Yeah. That, yeah. I, it's it's the sound it's the quality of what was created as far as the sound like that soundscape is just creatively very good like it's a crying baby it's like ooh, it's like ooze and like moans it's like sounds like people getting tortured it's like all really really great choices for one but like certain small things like you'll be walking through the mansion and you'll just hear pounding on the door or you'll hear yeah. like someone, do, 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 do. yeah, and like there's nothing there. It's You're just like, what the fuck, yeah, and like that would scare me every time. And it was like it wasn't even a real threat. It was just like the like it was just pounding on a door, right? Or it was yeah. like you you would hear somebody like in the ceiling or like in like in the second story of the mansion when you were on the first floor and like you didn't know what it was. It's like that yeah. stuff is scary to me. You know, and that was like, well, it's kind of what we talked about in our horror podcast, just about like the genre in general, Lucas, right? Where what really creates that suspense and what creates that, um, that fear and that anxiety is the unknown, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. why sound is so effective, particularly like sound where you can't see what's going on ahead of you because it's think you're saying, oh, what's, you know, what's causing that pounding noise that I'm hearing? What's exactly. causing that? baby crying that these screams is there something in the next room i need to be worried about um and that i think honestly i mean i'd even go as far as to say and i wish i brought this up in our other episode but i think when creating that or trying to elicit that emotion from your audience that fear 
create that horror um, experience, I'd say sound is far more important than visuals. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. That's yeah. that's sort of a known, that's like a totally known thing, right? Is like, <laughs> oh, well, fuck me. No, no. It's just, it's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a common, that's a commonly held belief amongst like filmmakers and like, you know, anybody in that, in, in video games and film and stuff is just like sound drives so much of ang- of, of what's really scary, for sure. Yeah. Producer yeah. Sam could touch I mean, on that. We, we talked about that too, because me and Lucas are film guys, where it's like, I mean, Nobody's gonna watch your horror movie if it sounds like shit. Yeah. Or even your movie just in general. Yeah. It's like it's it's just as important as the image, just as important as the story, sometimes even more important. It's like it's really the unsung hero of video games and film. Yeah. <laughs> We've joked on this podcast multiple times how like the sound design in every game is a 10 out of 10 because it has to be, um, you know, <laughs> so, um, you know, we rarely say that a game has bad sound design. I mean, creative choices and certain things um, of like, I don't know why they use that sound effect there. We can ask those kinds of questions, but every game has at least like at least great sound quality for one, you know, so yeah. um, that, that's no different in this game. Did you guys get scared? There's like a part near the very end before you go into the city where you get a, a package. It's like so weird. It's like when you get the final artifact and the sword. Yeah. Dude, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I, I'll be kidding. I, I beat the game this morning. When that yeah. happened, I was like, oh, not a scum. Isn't that scary? <laughs> Isn't that like weirdly, oddly scary? Because like you just hear a knock at the door. A door, you hear a door open, a package gets delivered, and you just hear footsteps, but you don't know, like who it was. Yes, yeah. I gotta is. be honest yeah. with you. What happened? Someone, I think someone's hammering something in like one of my near nearby. I units. saw you get scared. It's, just, it's, <laughs> really, <laughs> it's really stressing me. Your sanity meter is really low. I think someone's like putting up paintings or something, but it's literally or, just sounds like fucking eternal darkness dude honestly it could be man dude. you never know it could be yeah um, if you if we don't see you and like we just see your body you know uh, right yeah. we'll be we'll be able to identify you if it's at your apartment yeah as long as your yeah, the, <laughs> that package uh lucas really kind of threw me off i was almost scared to open it i was so sure i was gonna get like a jump scare or something because yeah it's such a random because up to that point every piece that you had gotten of um the ancients or every essence of the ancients was something very directly left to you in the in the mansion in the mansion right um so it, it's just very sus simply puts all of a sudden have some <laughs> random and you gotta wonder like who had that before you right like is there an unknown player i need to be worried i love about? that that's decision like, i love that yeah. like i think that's it, so smart it was postmates actually <laughs> yeah yeah it was just a postmates not bring them some in and out yeah. no yeah no free ads no i mean what'd you think Sam? i i thought that that was one of the scariest parts of the game weirdly enough because like you hear the doorbell go off you hear the door like somebody yeah. de- like the the key artifact that you need to defeat an ancient god is actually delivered to your house by an unknown person just randomly yeah you know and it's like no. how weird is that how scary is that no it's 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 weird it's it's definitely like out of place and you're like Wait, what do I need? It's almost like, what do I need to do next? And it's just like, you're like, wait, what the fuck's happening? You hear ding dong, and then ding dong. It's like, oh yeah, here it is. It's like, wait, what? Who's that? Yeah, that's. 
and that's like kind of the beauty of it is like yeah you don't see them you only hear it and you you know you create the images in your head like, and it's, who it's was that? like we said yeah it's so much more powerful that way so you only hear it yeah, exactly. definitely definitely a creepy aspect yeah i like that part a lot all right moving on because uh, we got to move on the npc award Ooh! man i uh i got i got a good one i'll go first i'll go first cause i don't think i've got you first. Go first all right <laughs> the homie we kill in paul luther's chapter bro i felt uh, so bad <laughs> yeah so just in, in in the game you're playing through uh a church level as sort of a monk and uh there's a guy that's also in this church that suspects that people are dying and disappearing and being possibly fed to some sort of creature that lives underneath the church and uh you're wondering what's going on <laughs> you're exploring and uh eventually you have to symbolically murder that friend by stabbing him his statue with a knife and hearing his scream uh and you have to murder him in order to like unlock a door or something like that that part's yeah. weird that part's really weird it's ah! yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so it's such like a horrible death scream you know and then and then that friend shows up murdered and mutilated like a little later in the chapter so fun times uh he took one for the team thank god for that guy uh he's he, he's got the npc award for me love it sam um i'm gonna go ahead and go with the detective right in the beginning because <laughs> yeah. that shit was so funny to me i mean it was just like like you kind of said matt's like she's like why the hell are you showing me this he's like uh lady like it's what i do like I'm a det- it's like no like do not show this woman like her dead grandpa like, mutil- dead grandpa's mutilated body or whatever it's just like that i, I chuckled at that a bit and like I don't know. I wish that guy would have came back and like shot some zombies or something. <laughs> I don't know. That would have been great. That guy was it's hilarious. Like, shoot up, like, lady, you seeing this? We gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> um, surprisingly, actually, now that you bring that up, Sam, that's definitely my favorite NPC. But I actually picked another one. I don't know why I didn't think of him, but uh, I went with Mantarok actually as my favorite NPC. Oh, the ancient themselves. Just because I don't know. I just I kind of like. I mean. It, for those that don't know, like the secret ending, it's kind of like Mantarok pulling the strings to kind of like eliminate the other ancients and things like that. And I, I really fucked with that. They're kind of like just vibing, doing things behind the, behind the, <laughs> behind the scenes just so they can like peacefully like lay waste and then just die. Yeah. Kind of like relax. Um, just vibing kind of like the, the Giratina to the Dialga and Palkia, if you will, for all my Pokemon fans. I, I don't know what the, the hell. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I know, know what you said. <laughs> well, like the actual, like, like the the Chad God, if you will, the Chad ancient <laughs> no, to all the to all the beta ancients. <laughs> oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the you're alpha s- to the betas. <laughs> you you pick the strongest ancient as your NPC, the strongest ancient god. Not even just because like this, just like I feel like their mentality was just like fuck you guys. They're the coolest yeah. one. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, the, I'm the actual sure. the actual cool person here. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, and it's purple. They're purple. I like too. purple. That's it's a good badass. color. Yeah. Sam, what uh, what color did you pick? What playthrough did you do? This this playthrough. Uh, I think I think I was red. Oh, I was red too. Yeah, red is actually the hardest mode. It's like slightly harder than the other two colors to play through. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, that that uh, is ah uh, uh, Chaturga. That's that name of that god. Chaturga. Chaturga. Yeah, yeah, Chaturga. Chaturga was my what did homie. You, that was they my got, dominant. They got such sick names, honestly. What? They do. What was your favorite, like, 
like spell voice. Oh, those are think, great. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I think my favorite one was the is it Magam Magamar the purple one? Yeah, it's like a it's like a whisper uh, Manta Rock. It's like this. Yeah. It's a it's, it's like, a whisper. It's like a whispering like like hipster male guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just. But his yeah, that one just was like so like. That one was interesting. He's like, man, the other one, Arbok. yeah, it's like yeah, that. Yeah, that one's a trip. Yeah, Chaturga. I really like Chaturga, actually. The one that's Chaturga. just a really deep voice, male voice. Am I might just be yeah. because that was the one I heard the most because that was my dominant one. But yeah, yeah. What was the um, the the green one was a female voice. Female actually. voice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that one was cool. Um, it was like kind of echoey, sounded kind of alienish. But what was the yeah. blue yeah. one? I don't. Blue's honestly the one I cast the least because. Red was my dominant rune, and the green was the one I was fighting against. Those were the two I cast the most, and then a okay. lot of the Manta Rock purple. But yeah, I don't remember. I guess we gotta plug it in yeah. here and post. We will. Yeah, Lucas, really cool. I gotta, I gotta ask before we move on to favorite moment. Um, you or before we move on to companion piece, rather, you you had a moment in this game that you told me gave you a nightmare. I wanted to know what that moment was. Not that we all played through it. Oh, if you man. Yeah, when I was playing through this game, I started having some really weird dreams for sure. Um, <laughs> and, um, oh man, I forgot what it was. I think it had something to do with um, mutilation, I think, <laughs> <laughs> like, if I recall correctly. I've been having some really weird dreams lately, so it's hard to like gauge or remember. Um, but, oh man, I think it had something to do with uh, getting crushed or mutilated or something like that, which does happen in this game quite a bit. Well, if you remember, um, we'll we'll re input it yeah. once we mix this okay. episode. Okay. Leave a you review. Retell, and, uh, you can retell right the story yeah. in email. a whisp in a whisper. I'll ask. I'll ask. You know, I've been telling all my weird dreams to Katie, so she might remember. Yeah. We'll see. All right, companion. Shout out, Katie. Com- shout out, Katie. <laughs> um, companion piece pick. Uh, I'll just go first. I'm gonna go with the, you go first. Yeah, I'll go with the classic. Uh, what a lot of this is based off of. I'm gonna go with the short 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 story. The Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, I know I've talked about it quite a bit. This game is heavily rooted in weird fiction, um, Lovecraftian horror and things like that. Um, talking about and really really nailing down that there are ancient gods at play here, which there are, that control human existence and or just don't even care about human existence. Um, the Call of Cthulhu is the very first short story that introduces uh, the character of Cthulhu to the literary world. Um, and there's also like this big Cthulhu mythos. Um, multiple authors, not just H.P. Lovecraft, have written about the ancient god Cthulhu who kind of rests under in Earth, on Earth, underneath the ocean, um, and is ready to kind of come back and just like kill everybody um, or rule over everybody. And he creates he creates madness in the heads of a lot of people um, in the same way that a lot of the gods do in this game. So um, just the classic, you know, godfather of a lot of of this story, Call of Cthulhu. Awesome. Matt, you go next. I want to go last. That's so kind of you. <laughs> um, so my companion piece, you know, I think, I think so often when, when we do this podcast, we get constrained to either books or movies for our companion oh, pieces. He's going to do Billie Eilish again. But, <laughs> yeah. but me yeah. being the unique noble person I am, I went with a board game. Oh, okay, sick. Ooh. Ooh. Betrayal yes. House on the Hill. Great companion um, piece oh. pick. 
I love this game. I think it's sick. For those that don't know, the whole idea of this board game is it starts off actually as a co-op game where you and up to like three or four other players are exploring a haunted house, exploring the rooms, laying out the pieces as you go along. And then once a certain combination of events happen, um, someone in the house by virtue of the game is forced to become a... Um, a uh, antagonist to the group and they betray the group uh, by virtue of the game. And there's like, I think over a hundred different possibilities and permutations of um, the way the betrayal could happen and a hundred different scenarios that have to play out after the fact for you to either, um, you know, defeat the person betraying you or for the betrayal person to kill everyone or suck out their souls or whatever the context of that particular haunting may be. And such a unique uh, horror board game out there. Not horror. Super fun. Scary, I love Horror betrayal. themed board game. Um, Lucas and I always play whenever we get together with our buddies. Super fun game. Highly recommend it. I think even one of the meters on like the cards that you play with might be sanity or something like that, actually, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there is. There's like um, a sanity or, like, meter. There's a knowledge and a sanity meter, I believe. So highly recommend checking that board game out. Definitely a fun one to play with your friends in this Halloween season. All right. Producer Sam. Great. That was a great uh, pick, man. I know. Sure. I'm, I'm known for them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my companion piece is uh, the 1970s horror movie, uh, The Amityville Horror. Have you guys Ooh, seen that? Ooh, nice. Not. Yeah. It's uh, based it's on a true really, story. It's based on a true story. It's really, The original is really good. I probably wouldn't bother watching the most recent one, but it's basically about- What was it called, Sam? One more time. Uh, the Amityville Horror, Amityville. and it's, I think it's actually, it might be in like Rhode Island area too, I, I I think there's like, like you guys know the scene where um, Maximilian Royvis kind of goes into the room and like shoots all his like servants or whatever? Yeah, he yeah, just yeah, murders yeah. everybody, that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a direct, like... It's sort of a direct uh, reference. Yeah, reference to the movie, because that's how the movie starts out is like, you just kind of see the, um, I think it's the the father who goes in and he he shoots all of his so the uh, kids with the shotgun. So uh, Amityville was a real thing that happened where a, a guy, I think it was the the father murdered like his entire family in that house, and then mm -hmm. the house was haunted. And the movie is about the haunting, not the murders, right? Yeah, because yeah. then a family moves in, but the whole thing about it is like they're there was a demon that possessed them. And then there's actually, it's actually like beneath the house is like the gateway to hell. So it's like really similar to eternal darkness in the sense that's like, a giant there's city a forbidden underneath. city <laughs> underneath the yeah. house on the East coast. Like what's going on? Why are these people, why doesn't this happen on the West coast? Like in orange County, because you know, could it could happen anywhere? Yeah. But like it's, yeah, it's a very, I think it has a lot more influence. That movie has a lot more influence on this game than people I think realize because it's it's really similar. Yeah. Um, but if you guys haven't seen it, check it out. It's a great flick for sure. That's a good Halloween flick for sure. Um, it's it's based on, I just kind of looking through it real quick. Um, there's a great Stuff You Should Know podcast episode actually on the Amityville Horror. Um, and uh, it's about, you know, Ronald DeFeo Jr. murdered uh, six members of his family on November 13th, 1974. Um, at 12, 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville, in New York, actually, Sam. So um, up okay. in the Northeast. And uh, there's numerous, there's a book about it. The, uh, the family that moved, it, that moved into that house after the murder took place was like heinously haunted. Um, apparently like windows were shattered on multiple occasions and they actually left their house without 
they left their house one final time after this crazy event that happened and they like never came back. Um, it's a really, really scary, scary. like American <laughs> horror like thing that happened. And it was like, you know, America is like extremely f- afraid of like demonic possession and demonic stories as just as a country. Like there's every generation, there's like a demonic panic. Um, and Amityville <laughs> was kind of a part of that uh, revival of that in like the, the late 70s and 80s and stuff. But yeah, really, really great companion piece to pick. Way better than mine, guys, both of you. So thank you. Um, cool. Uh, favorite moment? Uh, I'll go first on this one again. Uh, man, when Paul, it's another Paul Luther chapter. When Paul Luther dies. That was my favorite dude, moment Dude, okay, too. sick. It's just so <laughs> raw. It's just so sick. It's oh, like, man. I remember it always like, like really affected me when I was younger. And I think it probably is the reason I had that nightmare, um, that I might've had. Uh, it's just so like, I mean, a monster pops out of the ground, takes like two second, a two second look at your character and just, cru- just kills him. Just for my, my character or my uh monster that i fought was the chaturga monster so it's like a crab like a big red crab monster with like a big mouth i he just crushed him with a claw and just like made his body completely disappear um matt i'm not sure what your monster was but i think i think depending on which one you pick he'll die in different ways yeah it just it's so yeah like kind of what we were talking about earlier it's like humans are so fragile more fragile than you think and then it's like this old man and he's just kind of like he's trying to expose the church he's just he's one of the more innocent characters i would say totally and then he's just like chop yeah and And it's just like you're just like whoa like damn this game really like does not give a care yeah you know it doesn't care yeah like the game does not it it really takes like what like the frailty of humans and just brings it to the forefront. It's just like, Hey, this character you've been following this whole time, he's going to die a really horrible, brutal death. Here it is. And like, <laughs> there's nothing you could do about it. There's nothing he could have done about it. And he's like, not even that he's like an innocent monk. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah. Pretty, that definitely one of my, uh, my favorite moment for sure. It really plays into the whole themes of like a lot of what we do just doesn't matter. I mean, he's probably like the most pointless death and probably actually has the least amount of impact on the story itself, right? Yeah. And he arguably has one of the worst deaths where he just gets absolutely <laughs> just nailed. Um, how did yours, how did he die for you, Matt? So he gets like his soul sucked. I don't even know what. My um, my thing wasn't like a large monster. What's, what was my green god's name again? Zeragat, Zeno? Zel- Zelioth. Zelioth, yeah. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna use she just because she has a she has a female voice, but she just like uses her magic on him, and then like hoists him up in the air like when Guardian Leviosa's his ass, and then <laughs> he's just like glowing and he gets like the green effect coming out of his eyes like Pius does when he picks up the artifact for the first time, and his head just explodes. Oh, okay, okay, pretty, gotcha. Pretty brutal. That sounds yeah. less painful. Yeah, just your head. I, I think the, <laughs> I think the cru- uh, they're all pretty quick when you think about it. Actually, like, you either get crushed or your head exploding. But That's none true. of them. I, I would prefer not to spend any of my Sunday afternoons any of those ways. To be honest, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, just I'm watching the video now. Yeah, he gets crushed by the blue guy, the green, and the red guy, and then yeah, his head explodes on the on the green ones. Pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, not great, but brutes. So you two had the same favorite moment. I um, I'll bring a little bit of levity to to it. I I loved the opening, um, <laughs> <laughs> for the for the reasons I already stated. I just think it's so funny. It's just the 
I felt for for me that was the moment where I felt the game director or the developers were talking to us like the most directly and kind of setting the tone the most directly for the game. It's just like, ah, lady, I'm just do. I got no idea what's going on. Like, is that, is that your grandpa or not? Yeah. And like the girl just being like, what the? F- this is horrible. Like, why? I gotta go. Like, it was like unintentionally comedic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah which totally. Which was just a very interesting way to start the game and I loved it and it I just kept like I'd be playing the game and I would just kind of be like reflecting and just like think back on it and just like have a little chuckle to myself it's just super funny yeah. worth looking up that scene honestly <laughs> if you don't plan on playing there, the game there's a few of those scenes like if there's another one where it's like uh, it's the Persian prince guy or I'm not even sure if he's Persian Kareem it's like Kareem yeah it's like he at the end of his chapter, it's like the, the the woman comes out and then she's like, I forget what he says, but essentially he's like, the things, things I, I do, do for love. For yeah, love. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like mix out right? with her or whatever. Mix out with a and ghost. The, he makes out with a ghost. That was super funny. And then there's like <laughs> that other scene with like uh, the fireman at the end. And uh, I, I'm forgetting names, but he comes out and he gives him one of the artifacts and he's like, he's like, Wait, you want me to take this to a random? First of all, he's talking to a ghost. Yeah, and it's like it doesn't even like register. It's like he doesn't even. React he has like to nothing that. to do with yeah. anything. He's just like, yeah. what? I, I just like I just got wait. here. Like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, so you want you want me to take to this artifact to a house in under a city, Rhode Island? Uh, yeah, uh, Rhode Island. Yeah, <laughs> it's like because oh, yeah. yeah, he doesn't even have the tone of darkness at that point yet. So he's just yeah, yeah. He's no context. He's just like. So good. <laughs> the, I, I, that cutscene was really funny. Totally. What's funny is like I I think that's there's so many parts of the game that are so strong with dialogue. Like uh, the, the voice acting in the dialogue is act, is like genuinely good in like a lot of places. But some parts it's like just doesn't. It's like the opposite. It's like yeah. corny or weird or just doesn't really make sense. <laughs> you, you can't make them all, I guess. Yeah. You can't shoot a hundred percent. That's right. All right. Uh, nitpicks. Uh, you know, I, I really only have like, I know we talked a lot about the gameplay and the combat, but one that is just genuinely annoying is like the last level, the ancient city of Enga, when you're there with Alex, is just, it's just a really annoying level. Like the fact that the whole floor is just like electrocutes you and you have to like constantly mm-hmm. refresh your shield and you just have to like keep going through that teleporter over and over and over again to activate all the runes. You do it twice. Like. Yeah, two once was in that a row. One yeah, Alex, yeah, yeah, like, Jesus yeah. Christ. That that was Very like just not cool. Yeah, it, it just it, it was just, just ran out of ideas. Yeah, it was just boring. I don't know why you do it twice. It made zero sense. Uh, the city itself is sick. I would have rather just loved to like explore the city and then get to the end and then just do it all at once or get to that teleporter and just activate it. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I think the city was cool and unsettling, vast. It was like creepy in the fact that it existed at all, like underneath in Rhode Island, like underground. I would have loved uh, to learn a little bit more about like who inhabited the city. Was it like devout followers of the gods at some point? Maybe the ancients, right? Yeah. It would have been cool to get a little bit more lore into that. Yeah. I just, I, I just hated the, um, the level itself. Uh, and it sucked cause it's the last level. So yeah, that's, that's kind of yeah. my big nitpick there. I'll go for it, Sam. All right. Yeah. So I got a question. I got a question for you guys. What's up? Is this game, shaming the obese <laughs> because <laughs> because maximilian <laughs> because, or? because maximilian and sir and the, and the other character the guy who gave the artifact to 
uh, I think oh yeah, Ro- Robert. It's like, yeah, it's like they're running so slow, and I think that's <laughs> I think that's my biggest nitpick is that like I get I get the I get that it has to be realistic, like you run out of breath, and like yeah, you can't hit people in a narrow hallway, but like man, that that part was like really killing me. I was just like just. Just let me run for a little bit long. Like, let the person get exhausted a little bit later. You know, and it's like, why is this person like? Why is this person? Why can't he run? It's like, (laughs) Lucas was saying that the developer was like a ex football player, so I think he, uh, you know, had some of that mentality kind of put into it. It's like, you better be able to run, sir. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I thought that that was really just that. Some of the combat stuff obviously and then um yeah i would say like i just wanted my sword to go through the wall i'm sorry i i have to you know i'm on the opposite end of matt where it's really? just like let me fucking kill this zombie all right <laughs> god that's so interesting because i feel like normally with a gameplay thing like that we'd be on opposite ends of the spectrum actually where you'd be the one that liked it and i'd be the one that like fuck this i'm not having fun <laughs> that's um, that's true that's weird yeah wow this is um the tables have turned. Maybe my sanity meter is off right now. Maybe none of this is real. <laughs> uh, I this think podcast is not this happening. Podcast is not real. The first episode crashed and burned. Never released uh, another one. Uh, <laughs> <I got it>. <laughs> <laughs> um, my nitpicks. Really, it's just the combat being kind of repetitive, and honestly, like the boss fights, I thought were really shitty just overall. Um, and kind of the graphics again, I guess. But I also understand it's just. It came out in 2002 on the GameCube. It is what it is. That said, I do actually want to add one praise that I forgot to earlier when we were talking about art style, but I actually really enjoyed the set design of all the levels. And yeah. again, I'd love to see a like fair, an accurate uh, remake of this game with like similar level design, kind of like what they did with the most recent recent uh resident evil remake i think they did where yeah still they, they remade the game basically yeah but like the same kind of like gameplay and everything like that so i'd love to see that for this game at some point i doubt we ever will unfortunately but i i really do think it's one of the ones that are most deserving of the older games that i've played and in general honestly i think one of the ones that could just benefit the most from a remake and honestly have the most impact on the totally. game world today for sure this this game's copyright is still owned by nintendo uh, they actually they just re- refiled for it as well, so it's not going anywhere. Um, Nintendo has to make the remake, do all that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they have any interest in doing so. Um, but actually, Alex Royvis does make a cameo in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate as a fighting spirit. Um, does he? Yeah, wow. she she does. Yeah, it's it's uh, like the spirit she, she can collect. Me, yeah. Um, yeah, she's she's in it just as quick cameo, which is insane. That Eternal Darkness is referenced in Smash Ultimate. It's like. Pretty, pretty insane. Well, I mean, imagine this game like as like a modern, you know, either like miniseries, like six episode series on Netflix or something. It'd be such a, like, it, it's almost like an anthology so series cool. in a way too, like things yeah. that are loosely connected. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. Like kind of played out in that like Twilight Zone way where each episode is different. Totally. You know, maybe it doesn't have to be as grand as like, you know, having the whole underground city. Like it could be a little bit more subtle, but like. That is like totally in right now with stuff like Midnight Mass and yeah, you know like uh, haunting on of Hill House or on Squid Hill House. Game, 
Squid, Squid Game. It's just, dude, same thing. Say, same, exactly. Sam, if Eternal you, Darkness was doing it forever. Ago, if you so. had to cast Lucas and I as characters in Eternal Darkness, who would you cast us as? Um, Lucas, Kareem. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the things I do for love. And then, you, you know, Matt, I would cast you. This is this is a cool role as... Um, crap, let me... Uh, sorry. I think he's on my phone because I pulled up all the characters. It's the uh, the young, oh, the young soldier. Yeah, who, the journalist, who Peter. Peter, yeah, dude. I'm yeah. Who Peter, kills? Yeah. Who kills the boss? They yeah. live a while too. I, I yeah. fuck with that. He lives yeah. a full life. Yeah. Somehow, yeah. somehow he just got away totally, with that. Yeah. I could well, totally what was Luther doing? He character. just took it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who would you guys cast me as? You, Alex. You're, you're Alex, probably. Um, <laughs> You're probably, uh, honestly, you're probably Ed- Edward Royvis. I was going to say. You're probably the grandfather. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of you. you Badass. Know? Just like old and, and just dead. <laughs> and frail. And, yeah, just get, get <laughs> mutilated. And gentle. Yeah, just dead. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I know we're, we're, we kind of got to wrap it up here really quick, but I just wanted to touch on, on you know, Silicon Knights and just a, a quick history of like what happened to Eternal Darkness and are the studio that made Eternal Darkness in the first place. Um, I think this is all be new information to both of you, but this game was, was directed by Dennis Dyack. He's got a wonderful interview on IGN, on IGN Unfiltered. It's an hour long video of him just talking about being a developer, um, making Eternal Darkness and all the stories. Silicon Knights went out of business shortly after Eternal Darkness came out because uh, what happened was they were making a new game on Epic Games' Unreal Engine 3 at the time. Uh, they were developing some games. They actually had three games in development, I think, at the same time. And they thought that Epic Games was... You pay a licensing fee to use the engine that uh, Epic Games had, which is the Unreal Engine. And they were supposed to be using the licensing game money to fix bugs in that engine. But Silicon Knights felt like they were taking that money and not making improvements to the engine. And instead, Epic Games was using it to fund their own game development. So what happened was Silicon Knights actually sued Epic Games, got count, then got countersued, and then lost the countersuit. So, so Silicon Knights, like Dennis Dyack, like has gone on record and publicly said he wishes he never sued. Um, they'd probably still be in business. They'd probably be in Eternal Darkness 2 or at least like another real spiritual successor. Um, but, you know, because Silicon Knights went bankrupt uh, due to the countersuit, uh, that none of that ever happened. Uh, three games had to get canceled outright. Dennis Dyack, uh, you know, obviously lost his staff. A lot of families were, you know, very in a very bad position. A lot of people were unemployed. And uh, yeah, it's been a really rough road. Uh, a spiritual successor... Uh, kind of called Shadow Shadow of the Eternals, uh, got kickstarted but failed. Um, tried to get kickstarted and failed. And now um, Dennis Dyack is creating a new game called Dead House Sonata, which is a new online uh, persistent world RPG that looks really really cool. Um, coming out very soon here. Actually successfully kickstarted. Looks really cool. If you give that a good Google, you'll find it. I think. What's it's- it called? Dead House Sonata. House is spelled like H A U S though. Um, Deadhouse Sonata looks cra- looks scary. It's gothic themed, vampires, monsters, zombies, um, and it's supposed to be like this persistent world RPG that's um, 
going to be like sort of made for audiences, made for Twitch streaming, made for, um, you know, story and things like that. And I think honestly, the thing that is the best thing about Eternal Darkness and what Dennis Dyack does is story. Um, Eternal, yeah. I think you could, you could take the Eternal Darkness story, plop it on anything, make it a movie, make it a TV show, make it a book series, and it would work. Um, it just is a great, great story with a lot of awesome characters, a lot of good, a lot of good stuff. So, yeah, quick history on on Silicon Knights. It's sad um, the way it all went down, you know. Um, yeah. So. Anyway. R.I.P. R.I.P. All right. Um, you guys got anything else? Uh. uh just piggybacking on what you said, like, you know, I think this game is uh, it's a special game, and it, you know, it was very unique for its time, and I, th- I still think it's unique, and um, I really, like, like I said, was obsessed with, with it when it came out, and played, played it three times, and uh, I think that, you know, its ratings and its respect and um are all well deserved and if you haven't played this game i th- i think the biggest crime is not playing eternal darkness because <laughs> oh. you know then you'll be banished to the city of Eng- Egna. Egg Eg- 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 yeah Egna. Eg- Eg- ligma Egg-nog. ligma <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah play- if you haven't played this game Take it for a spin, and uh, if you're trying to get into a scary mood, uh, I think you'll have some fun. Love that. Got anything, Matt? It's a game worth playing, even if you're an asshole like me and typically don't like older <laughs> games that much. It's worth your time. Um, super interesting. Does a lot of things better than a lot of games do today, actually, I think, with storytelling and level design and things like that and worth your time yeah fun game all right guys let's jump into our ratings shall we so uh this is our final conclusive uh rating on the game uh each all three of us will shout out our score out of 10 we will add that up out of 30 uh and uh we'll 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 decide what the game is really worth all right three two one nine seven all right Expected. You got, you got anything expected. to say, Sam? No. Now you don't have any pre, pre-audio pre prepared to... <laughs> <laughs> you know, got a script you want to read off of maybe, huh? Hey, hey, why, why are you bringing up old stuff, Matt? You got <laughs> to forgive, we got to forget, and uh, we're a team here. We are. Right. We're, all... we're a team at TFP. Check, out the, check out the Corona Trigger episode for those of you that don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, it was a pretty pretty solid gag we did. Um, no, great. I think it totally makes sense. Like Matt, your, your criticisms are a hundred percent, uh, on, you know, totally justified with combat. We agree. I think we agreed on a lot of stuff. Um, obviously I think I'm valuing story and vibe over a lot and I'm forgiving the game's like datedness in terms of graphics. Seven's not a bad score guys. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. No, no. That's a good score yeah. cool. for Matt. That Matt, that's like a ten. That's yeah, a, that's a that's a ten. <laughs> so eight, nine plus nine plus seven. That is twenty-five out of thirty for this game. It's not bad. Um, pretty cool. Twenty-five out of thirty. Um, awesome guys. Well, hey, this was a great episode. I know it was a little bit of a long one, but there are three of us, so it it it's a, it's a thing. Um, we got a lot to say. We got a lot to say. And producer <laughs> Sam, man, thanks for joining. Um, you know, yeah, always, thank you guys always, for having me. Always, yeah. great, always fun. Always great to one, have you on. One more time, Sam. Where can we find all your uh, 
all your my plugs plugs online yeah um so if you would like to listen to my lo-fi stuff um you could find us on instagram uh at vincent moon music or just search vincent moon on you know any sort of streaming platform we should be on there um and if you want to find my personal account and just you know shoot me a dm talk about eternal darkness chrono trigger or lo-fi uh it's at freddie sluger uh at on instagram and uh you just got to figure out how to spell that because i don't even know how to spell it so (laughs) yeah hit me up if needed We'll, we'll throw links in the discord for the audience too yes all right everyone i think that is all we have time for overall today as always, you can find me, your good buddy Matt, on Twitter. Good idea, Matthew. And you can find our podcast, Instagram and Twitter at TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts, then S at the end. And you can shoot us an email if you're so inclined. Thanks for playing pod at gmail.com. Uh, tell, me, tell me what Halloween candy I am and what Lucas and <laughs> Sam are. I'd love to know that too. Uh, Lucas, where can we find you? Uh, you could find me on Instagram at uh, Good Idea Lucas, and you could find me as always in the Discord. Feel free to hit me up uh, through the server, or you know, shoot me a message or a DM if you ever want to talk gaming, um, ask my opinion, ask follow up questions, anything like that. And uh, yeah, I would love to know what kind of Halloween candy I am for sure. I think you're a hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> wow! How sweet. <laughs> All right, everyone. (laughs) This has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Skip it a bop. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch, Red Circle, 